Hi, folks. How are you? I hope this finds you well. I am just back from hosting this year's BAFTA Scotland Awards, which was a wonderful celebration of many things, TV, film, games, and just a huge collection of talent were recognised, culminating in the Outstanding Achievement uh, Award, which went to Mr. Peter Capaldi. Give a very beautiful and brilliant and moving speech. So um, it was extraordinary, actually. If you want to watch back the um, the ceremony, you can do that on the BBC iPlayer. Just search for Scottish BAFTAs. And one thing that came up a couple of times, particularly poignantly in Jack Loudon's acceptance speech, he won Best Actor for his role in Benediction. And he gave this great speech about the very sad news recently of the closure of the Edinburgh Filmhouse um, Cinema on Lothian Road and also the Edinburgh Film Festival. Uh, and just to say, if you're listening to this before the 7th of December, there is a crowd fund that's up there and is asking for people's help. Whatever small thing you can do to help be hugely appreciated. So if you feel like you can't help, um, the best thing for you to do is just to go onto the crowdfunder page online. So if you go to Save Filmhouse Cinema, all the details are up there. So yeah, if you can do any small bit, it would be hugely appreciated. Um, now we are thrilled to have another director-composer combo on soundtrack in this week in the shape of Sebastian Lelio and Matthew Herbert, who've joined forces on the Chilean's latest film, The Wonder. Starring Florence Pugh, it follows an English nurse who's sent to an Irish village in the 1860s to observe a young woman, or young girl I should say, who is seemingly able to survive without eating. The texture, the emotion, the space, the soundscape, the performances, and just the choices that Sebastian's made for The Wonder is for me, what makes it one of the films of the year. Uh, Florence Pugh, if you've ever listened to this podcast before, you'll have heard me wax lyrical about Florence on various occasions when it has been possible. And we were thrilled to have her way back as one of our guests when she was an EE rising star. So we are big fans of Florence on this show. And once again, she just absolutely smashes it in this film. She's quite extraordinary. And I'm so excited for where this young woman's career is going to go. Um, the Wonder is available to watch now on Netflix and also in selected cinemas. Speaking of which, we are huh, giddy, very excited at soundtracking about having Daniel Craig as a guest on the podcast in a few weeks' time. There is so much to talk to him about. I will be talking to him about that advert, uh, that special agent and reprising the role of the brilliant Benoit Blanc. I'm hoping that you were all fans of the first Knives Out film. The second instalment, once again written and directed by the brilliant Ryan Johnson, is called Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery. And from this Wednesday, that's the 23rd of November, for one week only, it will be coming to the big screen at View before its Netflix release. This special one-of-a-kind preview will be on its 16 View venues across the UK and Ireland a whole month before you can stream it. Tickets are available from as little as £4.99 online at selected view venues. For more details on that and where you can watch it, just head to myview.com. Now, this is the only opportunity to watch the film and get lost in the great story on the big screen in 4K picture quality with Dolby surround sound in comfy leather seating. The film, I've seen it and believe me, was made for this kind of experience. Head to myview.com to book your tickets now. And so to Sebastian and Matthew's wonderful work on The Wonder. And we're going to begin with Matthew's cue from the film, Kiss Her Again.
Hey, Sebastian. Hi, Elite. How are you? Hi, Matthew. Hi. Oh, nice to see you. Thank you so much for doing this, both of you. So excited to have this. It's brilliant. Thanks. No worries. I like um, I like what you've done with the place, Sebastian. Like your art and your color choice. Thank you. Very nice. Yes. I just arrived to this room, so I'm kind of like learning to appreciate (laughs) the eclecticness. Oh, Sebastian, we've, um, Matthew and I have had the, the pleasure of, um, well, of talking about you in the past, basically, <laughs> about, <laughs> about um, the, the work that Matthew's previously done with you. But it's an absolute joy to get you on together to talk about this new project that you've worked on, which I had the, I was so thrilled to get the chance to watch The Wonder. Congratulations. It's an incredible piece of work. Thank you so much. I guess if it's okay to start with you, Sebastian, I just, I, I was really intrigued to find out what your reaction on 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 the story when you when you was kind of first I guess presented to you sort of thing or you know was it was it Emma's book that you first read or give me a little insight into that and and how you kind of worked on adapting that. Well, we had made a film together, uh, Disobedience, with mm. the producer Ed Guiney, yeah, from Element Pictures, and uh, I was in the um, final stages of, of post production, and Ed said. I have a book that might interest you. And um, and for some reason, yeah, the, the story, I mean, I was attracted to to read it, to mm-hmm. read it. I was tempted enough, you know, like, um, and then I read it and I, I really um, connected with um, the two women at the center of the story. And, and mainly I thought that the character of the nurse, someone that, you know, a rationalist, that arrives from from England, uh, the unwanted one, you know, almost like in a Western, confronts this community where there is, um, well, a lot of um, religious fervor, even fanaticism, and has to use reason in order to understand what, what's going on with the girl, how, yeah. how is she being kept alive. And then by the time she she understands that, then the film reveals the reason why the girl is doing it. And, and, and the, the reason is so devastating that, you know, this rationalistic, scientifically minded woman is confronted now not, not anymore with, a, with an intellectual um, challenge, but with a moral dilemma. Yeah. And she ends up doing things for that girl that are beyond reason. And I thought that was an amazing journey. And I really liked the the connection between the two and the sort of like transgenerational sorority between the two yeah. women. I thought that was very unique in a, for a film, and um, the fact that they have to save save each other somehow. And then in a more at a more intellectual level or conceptual level, I thought it was a great territory to explore precisely. You know the power of fiction. Uh, because you are observing as a viewer how the stories in which they are immersed, the yeah. characters, independently of um, the, you know, if those stories are true or not, but they are stories that are ruling hmm. that society. And, uh, and somehow, you know, science as a way of reading reality collides with, religion or in this case um fervent religion as a way of reading reality but but also as a a political way of controlling uh society 
And I thought that was um, out of that collision, you know, beautiful sparkles might appear. And I think that that was really the two main reasons for me to, yeah, to, to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> the casting in it is, I, I almost kind of don't want to talk too much about specifics of elements of the film that I, because I, I don't want if people haven't seen the film when they listen to this to to give anything away with regards to the experience because there are a few surprises within there with regards to structurally I guess is probably the best mm. way of putting it but it's so clever and powerful in that whole line we're nothing without stories and it's that in itself is just such a great line and is the is the most amazing diving board to just kind of, you know, almost one of us swan dive into because I just think that that's, oh, yeah, where are we going? You know, it's kind of like, right, let's turn the page and let's go. It's just a beautiful invitation to to get on this journey. And your cast is phenomenal in this. I mean, I think the first time I ever saw Florence in, in Lady Macbeth was mm -hmm. I was kind of like, right, I'm, I'm on this journey with her. Whatever she does, I'm there. I want to know what she's doing. And, you know, and she's she can do everything, you know, whether she's, you know, in, in this or whether she's stealing every scene in Black Widow or whatever, you know, it's kind of, and it's kind of, she just, she, her presence on screen is phenomenal. Um, mm -hmm. And she just reads women so brilliantly in terms of how she plays them. Mm -hmm. And I was interested as to whether Matthew and, and Sebastian, the performances informed the score at all, or, or whether it was, you know, the score was, was written prior or you started writing sweets prior Matthew or how that kind of worked because there's there's so much depth to the score you know with those individual characters but with that whole kind of idea of superstition and religion and faith and the voices and all that kind of stuff it's it just works so beautifully around the characters and the story that was a very long question sorry <laughs> <laughs> I think that was for you Matthew <laughs> <laughs> um it's interesting, actually, because we have just did the premiere at the London Film Festival, mm -hmm. and it was quite a big red carpet affair, of course, because Florence is a star, and she looked incredible, actually, which is a really banal thing to say, but she just... And I'd been spent a year with her <laughs> in this same blue dress, trudging through island in the swamps <laughs> and um i was suddenly struck actually by seeing how how much presence and how stunning she looked at this premiere i just maybe realized how humble the performance was actually particularly because i'd spent so long with it it's very very understated and i i think it's just immediately felt it just immediately felt at ease with itself. It mm. felt her performance feels completely unrehearsed. It feels spontaneous. It feels in the moment. She feels engaged. And and that sort of drew me right in. And it and I think, you know, music is one of those things where because it's the last thing to go on a film, you're very often asked to tidy up performances or we're not quite getting the emotion that we're getting here. <laughs> and of course there's there's none of that here and I don't usually have that problem with Sebastian's films I should I should say mm -hmm. but I think for me the real pleasure of working on this film was just spending so long on it actually like the first film Sebastian and I did together a fantastic woman 
um, we met and then three weeks later I had had to deliver a finished score and so a very short period of time and this this one we had over a year and so I was watching dailies as they were coming in so mm. they would film and then I would get sent a link of what had been recorded that day and it would just roll on in the background and you'd listen to the wind of the set and and there's a sort of calmness to it because I think because of the nature of the the film and the sort of the calmness and space around the characters because it's quite a chamber film it's got a small cast mm. set in this very uh this landscape that's constantly moving there's yeah there's a lot of wind and animals running about and the landscape and things like that and so this was just sort of in the background and i was sending ideas to sebastian backwards and forwards but i think i think it's it's a real privilege to be so early in a process in a film to give you chance to digest and to build a language uh, with Sebastian. You know, I was even writing ideas and scores to the dailies. So by the time we actually came to an edit, we even had we knew roughly a starting point actually of, of where it, where it might might begin. But that, as you say, the sort of central performance from Florence is something that really carries that whole process along because you're just supporting and, and helping illustrate a wider thematic ideas around that central performance. Did you know? Did you do you have a kind of clear idea of, of how you wanted the kind of the music and the score? Because there's there's also like you know, Matthew, you're talking about the idea of the the landscape and it's it's such an important presence in the film and character in the film, and with that brings its own sounds that that kind of blend in kind of beautifully to to, to different moments and elements and parts of the story and things as well. But did you did you know what you wanted it to sound like? I think we had we had um. <clears throat> some fundamental notions, you know, because, for example, for a fantastic woman, you, even if it was, a, uh, just to talk to you about, about how we, I think now there is a pattern, Matthew, of <laughs> how we have been working. Hmm. In that film, it was all about giving her the, you know, musical sort of like um, respect that she deserved um, and treat her with, with real genuine interest, as opposed to being cynical, for example. Mm. And then in in disobedience, we always said we are going to make a, we're going to secretly make a, a sci-fi soundtrack. So you know when when the two women finally make love, it's really the soundtrack of two spaceships colliding. Uh, so Amazing. we're always uh, we're always finding this. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess uh, ways into the the world yeah. and of, of of each film, and here we knew we were we were doing a multi layered film, so we wanted for the fable aspect of the story to be to be very captivating, to be really uh, hypnotic, 
mm-hmm. almost like dreamy. I've been thinking that the score at times, like the entire film, took one of those spoons of laudanum, <laughs> and and it's in that state of uh, you know of sometimes ecstatic, yeah, pleasure, and sometimes you know um, quite strong, darker tones. Mm-hmm. And but there is an uh, hallucinated sort of state um, that the film is trying to to find with the photography and the, you know the this sort of like um it's almost like it's almost like it's happening in a, in a different planet mm. and of course the score is 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 it's one of the main it's a character in the film and it's really helping that otherworldly energy to um to connect everything you know because the film plays with the viewer and makes it kind of like suspend disbelief and then wake up and then fall back into the effects of this of this um, intoxicating, hopefully, world. Yeah. So yeah, but as Matthew was saying, really we, we had the, the luxury of starting talking a year before. And so I was receiving the first melodies, hmm. ideas, music, ad- atmospheres um, while I was starting to shoot. So it's really a, a one year long conversation, you know, wow. and that's that's really, yeah, that's unusual. Even the, kind of the, 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 the color palette as well of kind of, you know, there's that the, the the color of the walls. I think it's in the it's in the, the the house where she where she in this sort of the pub where she's living, and it's kind of it's almost that kind of amazing bluey green that you get when copper gets kind of um, mm. you know sort of tarnished or water on it kind of thing. It's this amazing kind of kind of bluey deep bluey green, almost kind of like sea algae kind of thing in a way and stuff. And that's kind of it's such a simple thing that really caught my attention. It's probably not a simple thing. It's probably really well thought out and planned on your side so apologies <laughs> but it just it really connect it, it was kind of like really sort of I don't know it drew me in you almost you know in almost kind of that same way that sort of um when you look at water for so long it kind of has that hypnotic quality of kind of just almost sort mm. of pulling you in sort of thing and that was I think that, that and so many other elements to the film pull you into horror and they pull you into the story and they pull you into the situation and that that wall the color of that wall with the score that was going on at that moment was kind of like yeah, I, was, I felt like I was almost hypnotised by it. It was so powerful. But I think it's 
in a way, you know, it was challenging at times to to make the score because so much of the film is a kind of it's a version. You know, we're seeing poverty in a way. Like these are very very humble people, and Lib the nurse has a lot of independence, but you know, she as I said earlier, she's only really got two dresses one one at the beginning and one at the end her skirts dragged through the mud when she's walking to the village and there's there's chickens live inside the house and there's a very elemental kind of it's harsh it's after the famine in ireland mm. there's a lot of poverty there's a lot of death everywhere and in a way what the challenge for the score i think was to feel connected to that world or related to that world but also to lift you out of it and to remind the audience that that there's other things to look out for or to take you away. And that beauty of cinema at its, I guess, isn't it, is that sense of the suspension of disbelief and this, the dream state or the transcendence that you might get from going to the cinema. Yeah. And, you know, Sebastian was always very clear with me all the way through is that we can never let it sink and we can never because it's such a sad and difficult story you don't you don't really want to wallow in the horror of it you've got to try and somehow keep it a, a, a loft like a hot air balloon or something yeah and and i guess in a way that's probably where why we ended up with with these vocal and these vo- voices in it to sort of imply this other world and there's so many there's so many ghosts in the film so many people have lost somebody or yeah there's sort of death everywhere and sort of the memory of these ghosts, these hauntings or suggestion there might be an afterlife or a divine presence, I think is, is crucial, but this all sounds very clear, but actually it it took several months to, (laughs) to realize that, you know, and that's the, that's the deliciousness. I've just started and I'm just starting on a new film. And I like my heart sank slightly today. Like, oh no, I've got to go through this process again of like <laughs> finding finding out what the thing is, you know, <laughs> just surrendering to that process um, and having less time to do it. But it is a sort of part of the deliciousness of working on on films of this complexity. Yeah. Is that there's always something else to discover. There's always another layer to to reveal itself. There's a great cue that I, I was trying to just um, read my notes that are so badly written whilst I'm trying to watch the film and write things down. But as she, there's a couple of things. I mean, I, I wrote down about that opening cue, which is the voices, and it almost feels like it's got a slight underwater element to it, almost in a, a sort of way. And then there's another one where she's, where she's, she's high, 
it's um, really stuck with me. And then the other one was when she's having her picture taken. And is it, it and that kind of feels like a real mix of it's got such a an, an organic sort of pulse quality to it. And the orchestration comes in. It feels like it's got an electronic sort of, I don't know, it's a, it's a beautiful kind of mix of different things. And I love that about it, that it's not that it's not one thing, that the, the score is not one thing. It's like you say, it's almost kind of representing all these ghosts. Yeah, and it, it's also built out of sounds that are elsewhere in the film. So if there's a chair creak or some of the, well, there's a sound that, that goes, where? That is near the beginning and it reoccurs several, ti- several times. And neither Sebastian or I <laughs> know what it means. But it feels meaningful. <laughs> but it's um, it's that's good. It's, of... it's good that you just feel it. That's what it should be. You <laughs> yeah. just it doesn't need an explanation. It's just about feeling it's, it. It's probably cl- closer to be a question than an answer. That's what we yeah, know. That's good. I like that. The um, <laughs> and uh, but that's taken from uh, one of Anna's prayers. So at some point, Anna's doing one of her prayers, and that's just like a little one of her, a, a syllable from one of her prayers, and so it's like a little gasp or a little thought or or something like that and then there's a load of um irish instruments that are all been from the period that have all been screwed up and slowed down and distorted and sampled and yeah so i mean that's the thing that you're always trying to do first with the film score really is to find the language of it you know are you going to is it going to be a synth is you going to use synths are you going to use is it going to be heavy metal is it going to be orchestral is it what feels the right way to tell the story and the, the right language of it. As Sebastian said, it's another character and it's mm. it's really um it's really important that you get the tone of it right, otherwise it can really destabilize the whole the whole thing. Yeah. important was um i guess we didn't want quote-unquote period soundtrack whatever that means Mm -hmm. because the film is not it's not really i mean it is a period film but it's also in its heart there is parts of of the film itself that struggle with that Mm. with the impossibility of really traveling back in time and pretending to making a portrait of how things really were the film embraces that impossibility and when there, there is a, a, a modernity about it uh, that at times comes from the meta element in it a lot of it comes from the score but also the performances and the mm. dialogues so there, there is a yeah like a very deliberate attempt to oscillate between yes we are in 1862 no this is a construct Right. Mm-hmm. And part of the pleasures of seeing the film is precisely oscillating between the two viewers' states, so to say. Because, in a certain way, of course, the story is about events that fictionally took place in 1862 in a context that is based on real yeah. events, serious events, yeah. and 
a collective serious events and also what's happening to that family and the community and the girl is um it's really you cannot be frivolous about that yeah but at the same time a film i believe should be a, a joy a glory yeah. you know so how do you find yeah. the balance between honoring the themes the context what is real about what those fictional characters are representing and the demand of cinema for being glorious, hopefully yeah. glorious, if you know what I'm trying to Absolutely. say, like a, a strong cinematic experience. So that was always easy to say, but it was a long process to to find the right balance. You know, mm -hmm. in a certain way, the film, it is also happening now. And yeah. it is saying, you know, Yes, what happens to Anna, the girl, happened in 1862, but happened before. It is happening now and will continue to happen mm. unless we change, you know, the dynamics between us and ultimately the stories that sustain those dynamics. That's why the score needed to be contemporary. Yeah, no, yeah. You know? And one of the pieces I love the most is the the ending title. Oh. It's, it's, it's so from today it's maybe yeah. even from the future <laughs> in a certain way and I, and, I, and I thought it was really exciting to try to smuggle that into our again quote-unquote period film Can I ask a question, Sebastian? There's something really interesting and tragic about this period, particularly with the in the relationship between England and Ireland, and something you and I haven't spoken about since since it's opened, because it's opened in America, in Europe, in Spain, in France, been a few places now. Have you noticed a difference in the reaction or the conversations you've been having in England about the film? Um, in relation to its its position on Irish history or its or that does it feel different here or is it not being as then no it I felt universal it, I think it does um, without stopping being universal I think it does feel that there, there is more awareness of you know of what happened in that period and I'm really looking forward to present it in Dublin on Wednesday a little nervous about that actually because. I, I don't carry with the burden of that history, you mm. know, and uh, that can be, I take it as a, I try to take take it as a, as a gift. Yeah. But you have to be very careful about it, you know, because it's, it's, um, it's a period, it's a, it's a period in Irish history that is, I would say, under narrated. It's not, it hasn't yeah, been absolutely. really 
so yeah but you know i grew up in in the south of chile which is really green during a very macho dictatorship in an extremely catholic country so independent of the cultural yeah, you... specificities i knew yeah i thought i knew the 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 dynamics behind so but yeah there's definitely more 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 awareness here Matthew, in, in england and hopefully in, yeah. for sure in ireland to completely gear shift, there's a very small thing in the film that I just absolutely loved, which was the post-sex thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very small thing, but I just thought I, I wrote it down just because it really, I was like, I love that. Maybe you can start to like a change <laughs> petition for like more <laughs> gratitude after sex. <laughs> It's always just, good to, to say just, thank you. It was and, just really nice. It was like, <laughs> I don't know why. It just, it's just a really lovely moment. It was just such a, I almost felt like I was kind of, oh, I should be watching this. You know, in terms of because it felt so, it felt such a private moment and such mm -hmm. a genuine reaction in a private moment. But I loved mm -hmm. it. I thought it was such a very small but beautiful, beautiful thing in your equally beautiful um, film. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, listen, I could talk to you for hours, and 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 as as Matthew will, I hope testify. I'm such a fan of, you know, of your work together, and I I kind of I I definitely uh, talked loads. I mean, Gloria Bell, I I loved. So I just we talked quite a lot about that, Matthew, last time we spoke as well. But yeah, and 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 one thing I'd really like to just say as well is this: I think you write and you represent women so brilliantly, Sebastian. I think that there's just something about the way that you. You write them, you allow them to perform, you shoot them, you edit them. It's um, it's absolutely beautiful, actually. It's some yeah, one of the many things I'm, I'm I really admire about your work. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see it again. I really can't wait to watch it again. I just absolutely loved it, and um, yeah, absolutely obsessed with it's Florence. A, it's the type of film that you can actually watch twice because of the information. Yeah, so you can watch it innocently, without <laughs> knowing, and then you can watch it again. Yeah knowing everything and it's um and then you can see that everything has always been was always exposed mm -hmm. all the clues were there so that look. suspense dimension of it is yeah yeah you can watch it twice <laughs> thinking about getting we're nothing but without stories tattooed on my arm as well so i hope you don't mind oh. um, <laughs> um thank you so 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 much for your time today it's such a great treat to get to chat to you both together Lovely to see you again, Matthew, and lovely to meet you, Sebastian, and huge congratulations. Well. Thank, yeah, you. Thank, thank you so us. much. Thank, thank you. you. Take us. care. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 From the score to the wonder, that's Revelation rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with composer Matthew Herbert and director Sebastian Lelio. 
Now, before I tell you what's coming up next, which is very exciting, a quick word from our friends at Harry's, who are not just masters of the perfect shave, but also perfect skincare. And in case you don't believe me on either count, they're giving you the chance to try their products for no more than the price of delivery. So for just £3.95, it costs to have someone come to your door laden with gifts. You'll get a five-blade cartridge crafted by artisans in their German factory, precision trimmer, foaming shaving gel, and travel blade cover, as well as a hydrating night lotion, which is alcohol-free and contains no sulfates, parabens, or dyes. Sounds like a pretty good present idea to me too, considering what time of year it is. So why don't you start your free skincare journey by redeeming a free Harry's trial set? All you pay is £3.95 for delivery. Head to harrys.com forward slash sounds to get your free trial set and night lotion delivered to your door. That's harrys.com forward slash sounds. Huge thanks once again to Sebastian and Matthew for taking the time to talk to us. The Wonder, as I said, is available to watch now on Netflix and also in selected cinemas. Matthew's been on the podcast previously, uh, a couple of times in fact, so if you'd like to listen to those, head to edithbowman.com, which is where you can listen to all of our previous 300-odd episodes that we've got. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK. And please, 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 I know I say this every week, but it really matters. Do subscribe to our YouTube channel too for loads of bonus content. Bruce Springsteen is up there. Ryan Coogler is up there and I'm just about to dump a whole load more of content. Right, coming up, we have got an abundance of wonderful film talent coming up on the show. So what we're going to do over the next couple of weeks is probably uh, give you double episodes a week. So we might start the week with one and end the week with another one. So we have got Alessandra gonzalez Inarito coming up, talking about Bardo. We've got Luca Guadagnino coming up, talking about Bones and All, which is out in cinemas this week, 23rd November. It is a wonderful film. Go and see it. Tim Burton on the way. Daniel Craig, as I said. Michael Giacchino so we have got lots of exciting guests on the way so make sure if you haven't already subscribed that you hit that button and join me next time for more conversation about the world of film and music I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then <laughs>